This is the Freedom Ring. All right, happy Tuesday. We are live on Rumble. Hello to everybody watching. Um, got a pretty cool show today. Great guest, Coy Griffin, uh, in his ongoing hell after being wrongfully arrested, in my opinion, January the 6th. Or not on January 6th, but because of the January 6th insurrection that took place at uh, at the capital of last year. We'll get to him in just a couple of minutes. Plus, another pro athlete drops dead. Funny. Mainstream media. Yet another story, Bill. They're not touching these things. Not huh? at all. And not when I when I found out about this particular pro athlete dropping dead, uh, there's like five others within that same sport that suddenly went recently as well. That's and all I'm seeing on my news feed. That's all I see every and, morning. And it's just weird how there's never anything, there's never a, a reason why attached to it. He just passed away suddenly. They're trying to normalize it. Well, I he think. was 27. That kind of seems odd. Uh, yeah. So we'll get to that plus uh, Operation Thermostat. Are you ready to ration your electricity? Because it's actually happening. We'll find out. Where and why in just a second. I'm Matt. That's Bill. This is the uh, Freedom Ring. And today, um, chose to speak on faith because our guest today is the perfect example of someone who's definitely got a whole lot of faith. From Matthew 21, verse 21, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell the mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And for big things to happen in your life, there needs to be a lot of faith. It's one thing to say you believe, but another to have complete faith. Absolutely no reservations of what you know and what you feel about your relationship with God. There's got to be like no question marks whatsoever. Sometimes that faith doesn't show itself until it's tested, just like your strength, just like your patience. Uh, how much of it do you really have? You'll know when you're pushed to the point where it needs to kick in. Uh, the fear that you feel, and you will feel it. We all have bouts of fear. That's actually the devil trying to talk you uh, out of whatever it is you're trying to achieve because the devil is a weak coward, and he wants you to walk away from whatever it is that you want and what you know is right, regardless of the job offer you're getting from out of state, regardless of that kid you're looking to adopt, regardless of the jail time that you were forced to serve because you were wrongfully accused, complete faith in God will get you through it all. And Bill and I are living it right now because this entire show that we're doing is uh, 100% built on faith. We have no idea where it's going to take us. We have no idea where we're going to go. We have no idea if there's a fortune looming around the corner. We have no idea. We just feel the faith that it's uh, the right thing to do. And um, our guest is not only loaded with faith, but he's got some extra stored in his saddlebags. Uh, He's an American uh, businessman. He's the founder of Cowboys for Trump in New Mexico. He's the county commissioner of Otero County, New Mexico as well. But he made headlines after being arrested on January 17th of last year for... Now, I'm going to hack up the the, the start of the story because he told it to me uh, a week ago Monday in... Um, oh, where were we? Uh... Milford, 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 Ohio, at the Resurrection Church. For crossing, from what I understand, an imaginary line or a line that he wasn't really sure existed at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., this is Mr. Coy Griffin. Coy, good morning, sir. 
Matt, good morning to you, Bill. Thank you, thank you so much for having me on your show, and and I tell you, your introduction, um, you know, I'm so honored to be introduced as just a simple man of faith. You know, that's uh, that's the greatest honor and 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 greatest title that we can carry. You know, I mean, it's just to to be recognized as following God. Um, through steps in which he's called and ordained. So I appreciate that. Not a problem at all. When I think of you, I mean, you are the epitome of faith, especially after being arrested. Can you take us from the, from the start? You went to Washington, D.C. for what reason? And then just take us, uh, take us right through until present day, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, you know, my trip to Washington, D.C. started um, in El Paso, Texas, about 10 days before January 6th. I met Amy Kramer and the Women for America first tour. I followed the bus along with Greg Locke and Brian Evans and all of them. I had the opportunity to speak at numerous different stops throughout the South. Um, on the lead-up to January 6th, um, you know, the reason why I went, though, was because the president called, and I understood, uh, you know, the the place where America's at in regards to the elections and the fraud that I believe was, was part of it. So, um, you know, when we, when we went to DC, I, I thought I was going to have, uh, continue to be able to speak on that stage. Um, but the Lord had other plans brother. you know, he, he kind of disengaged me from that platform as we got closer into Washington, DC. And, uh, in the morning of, uh, Matt, I was, I, I thought I was going to be speaking from the main stage as well as a good friend of mine, Gary Chapman, from down to Tennessee, a Christian recording artist. And Gary had texted me that morning and encouraged me to pray with people from the stage. He said a brother from their church had had a vision of a million people all kneeling to take a knee to declare that Jesus is Lord. And I told Gary, I said, if I get the opportunity to pray from the stage or to get on the stage, that's a call. That's something that I'll sure enough do. Well. Long story short, it didn't happen. Um, I wasn't included on the stage, which was fine. I was just there to support the president and the movement uh, that was going on. But I let Gary know. Gary told me, cool. He goes, you don't have to pray for the main stage. Just find a, little, a group of people, a megaphone, get them to kneel, and uh, it's going to carry over and be uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I drifted down to the Capitol uh, in a peaceful crowd. I saw different people with megaphones and different crowds. Uh, I didn't feel the Lord really lead me any, into any of those. I was just praying to be very sensitive to where God wanted me to pray from. Um, and I got right down to the front of the Capitol, again, in a peaceful crowd. I never went crash through any barricades. I never did anything violent. I never fought with anybody. But where I finally wound up uh, y'all was on the inaugural side of the Capitol. Um, that's where the Lord finally rested me. Um, I had I got the opportunity to borrow a, a bullhorn from a man, and I was able to lead tens of thousands in prayer uh, from the inaugural side of the Capitol. I pray Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen over our nation. Um, it was a great time. It was a wonderful time. I saw a video of that. Piece. I saw a video yeah. of, of you doing that. Somebody was filming you from behind, and what what a vision of all those people! And to hear what you were preaching to them, uh, it was it just was awesome. Day, it was a day like no other, brother. right? You know, I mean, I, God's opened doors for me in the past, Matt, to to go into the Oval Office and meet the president. I've ridden a horse through the old city of Jerusalem. 
God's allowed me to have some great crescendos throughout ministry. It all pale in comparison to January 6th. January 6th was a day uh, unlike any other day I've ever experienced in regards to patriotism and and, uh, love for country. I mean, whenever you have a million people who are all singing the national anthem in the the same accord, that's something that, that's an experience that is just... That'll give you eagle bumps. Unity and power. Yeah. Oh, amen. Amen. Now, when you say the president, you mean President Trump. You you mean the real president, not this puppet that yeah. we have now, right? You know, I, I uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the, you know, I mean, I didn't say the fraud that we have in office, you know. I mean, that's that's what I see Joe Biden now as in his administration. I think that this is this is the of the greatest deception any political deception any country's ever been under is what America's under right, right. now. But the scales are coming off. People are waking up, and that's uh, what you, what we could accredit you guys for. Platforms like yours, or just get the information out there and uh, telling people the truth. So, part of the truth, unfortunately, is uh, you got up. You were uh, preaching to the to the to the small sea of people in front of you, and then okay. you were. Uh, did you just go about your day after that? And they found they sought you out on the seventeenth. No, what I what I did, uh, we left on our own accord. We were never told to leave. We were never told any. I never had any conviction at all that we had done anything at all wrong. Okay, and we left on our own accord. We spent the night in Roanoke, Virginia. I found out Ashley Babbitt had been shot, and killed. I saw the video. I had a little bit of question about some of the things I saw in some videos regarding Ashley, but. You know, my heart broke for her family, her friends. So we made we. I drove twenty seven hundred miles from Washington D.C. to San Diego, California, to go out to try to find Ashley's family, her friends, to pray with them because I was present on that day. Mm-hmm. And what they were all being fed is what the media was wanting to feed them, like that Ashley was some kind of a terrorist or something. So I wanted to bring a different perspective to her family and be able to pray with her family. But unfortunately, I never found any of her family when I went to San Diego. Um, it was it was difficult to find anybody, and it was difficult to find a trail that led anywhere to anybody that had association with her. So we prayed. We came back to New Mexico. I attended a county commission meeting. And then I drove back to Washington, D.C., because I wanted to see the inauguration with my own eyes, because I still don't believe that Joe Biden is the president. Mm-hmm. But that's, but that's where I was arrested at, was whenever I returned for the inauguration on January the 17th. And then I spent three weeks in solitary confinement on a misdemeanor charge after that. Now, you told me uh, when we met face-to-face, yeah. that, describe what those three weeks were like, because... They they told you nothing. I think the only thing you asked for was a Bible. They gave you a Bible, yeah. but you yeah. were. It was almost like you were treated like Charlie Manson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I've been asked that question, Matt, a lot to explain what it was like, and I can't. You know, you can't put that kind of conditions and that kind of torture into words. It was. It was a. It was a environment unlike any environment I have ever been in, and I was treated. So harshly, you know, I mean, I was in, they didn't let me shower for nine days. They had me in 24-hour-a-day lockdown for nine days. I wasn't able to use the phone. I to let my family know where I was at. They were all worried to death. I just fell off the radar under the FBI's arrest. 
and uh, but the mental trauma is uh, is again, it's hard to put into words. And I say that because whenever you're thrown in those kind of conditions and you feel in your heart and your mind that you're totally innocent, that it was completely wrong, and then to not have a trial day or not have a day, whenever you're going to have a day of justice, or at least be able to to speak your your side of the story. Um, it left me in a place of the type of destitution, Matt, where I said it myself, and the question that I rolled over over and over in my mind is, why isn't anybody doing anything? You know, I mean, it's like you sit there just just shocked and totally in despair thinking, how is our country allowing this to happen to people like right. me? It was, it was very, very hard. And the, and, the, and the scariest thing of it all is, I spent three weeks in there, man, and and I don't know if I could have handled one more day. That's how hard it was. And to see that there's still men and women locked up in those closets that they have in that putrid place where the water is the the sewer water's backing back up into your seat, which it was in my cell, where the bugs are everywhere, where there's black mold growth growing all <laughs> along the wall and all around the windows because. The, the moisture just coming into your cell. It, I mean, it's so dope. It's like, it, I'm sure it's like North Korea and Iran and, and Syria and all these other kind of tyrannical nations, the way they treat people that stand up to their government. That's the way they're treating American citizens on our own soil. So for those that have never done jail time, I mean, solitary confinement, you're locked down for 23 of the 24 hours a day, correct me if I'm wrong? That's, that's correct. I was in there 24 hours a day for the first nine days, but then because they were trying to force me to take a COVID test, okay? That's why they put me in the total solitary is because I wouldn't comply to their COVID test. And I did it, Matt, not because necessarily I'm scared of the COVID test itself. I did it because I was trying to show the American people just how far the government is willing to go to force you to comply with what they want you to do because then it was a test now it's the vaccine and in the future it could be a chip or something but to, for the government to operate illegally the way they are um, and then justify it probably through george w bush's patriot act it's just evil in every every you know it's evil in every way it is i mean i never thought we'd be living through this in in my lifetime I know. I and know. so, all right. So you got your Bible. You're you're in the cell for 23 of 24 hours. Are they at least feeding you more than once a day? At least. Yeah, yeah we did. We got fed three times a day. Breakfast was typically brought to us in one of those little styrofoam bowls that you, the, the little throwaway bowls, and it usually had a few, a little bit of cornflakes and a little packet of milk in it. That was breakfast. Uh, lunch typically consisted of peanut butter and jelly, a scoop of peanut butter, a scoop of jelly, and four pieces of bread on a plate. Um, at dinner, we really scored because then we got bologna. We got like four pieces of bologna and four pieces of bread and maybe a scoop of peas or a scoop of potato salad. So um, they fed us three times a day, but what they fed us was uh, unbelievable. You know, I mean, ah. Uh, yeah, and and you're not you're not done with jail time or the the, the threat of jail time. You're looking at a uh, a year in federal. That's correct. Yeah, on the on the judges or on the charges 
I had my trial on March the 21st before uh, Judge Trevor McFadden, the bench trial. Uh, I believe that my defense gave a great, presented my case greatly. I did a great job, uh, but unfortunately, McFadden, he acquitted me on the disorderly conduct and disruptive behavior. That was the charge that the government was really pressing on me and was wanting me to accept a plea deal. But I would tell the government I'm not going to commit perjury. I did nothing violent or nothing disruptive on that day. I'm not going to accept it. So that forced us into trial in which the government failed to prove evidence that I did disorderly behavior disrupt or disorderly or disruptive. But they did get me on the restricted zone charge. But the acquittal was big, Matt, because right now I have a lawsuit that's coming against me, the same lawsuit that they have against Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few others where they're trying to remove me from my elected office as county commissioner through the courts and keep it where I can never run for public office again. And they're using grounds of the insurrection after me being part of an insurrection. So the acquittal by on that charge only further proves that I was part of a peaceful protest on that day. The restricted zone charge, uh, my attorney, my attorney, y'all, whenever we were in trial, we had a veteran of the secret, of the uh, secret service on the stand, 22 year veteran. My defense attorney showed her pictures and videos of the front of that Capitol on that day and asked her to identify where the restricted zone was, and she failed to be able to identify. She couldn't even tell where it was at. Uh, So how are we supposed to know? Yeah, the lady that's supposed to be telling you where the restricted zone begins and ends, she can't even do it. Yeah. And you didn't even know it existed. No, 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 there was nothing that was marking any kind of a restricted zone. They said that whenever I crossed over into a restricted zone is whenever I stepped up on a block retaining wall that was about five feet tall because I wanted to borrow a guy's bullhorn that was preaching up there so I could pray with people. And apparently, I guess that's where this zone started at. Wow. And then it drifted off through the parking lot where... You know, they call these bike racks barricades. If anybody's ever been to Washington, D.C., you know that that city is full of bike racks. It's how they direct traffic and how they do traffic control and stuff. And those bike racks were just were taken down in piles. They were strewn all over the place. And there was no way that anybody that was there could clearly identify where a restricted zone was. The media will try to make it sound like we crashed through these big black and orange barricades and pour everything down it's it's complete fake news well the uh the bike racks or the barricades if you will that i've seen in washington dc the only time i ever saw them was usually when i was watching newsmax i think it was greg kelly used to show the 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 footage left and right um there is police officers that were pulling them aside and waving people into the capitol Carter, I saw I saw a black DC police officer wearing a red MAGA cap in his uniform escort Trump people inside of the White House. He literally led them inside. He said he needed help. He said, these people said that they would help him, and he said, "Well, follow me." And he led them into the Capitol. Okay. That's what was going on on January the 6th. And it's on tape. We all saw it. We all know it. Yeah, Yeah. those those magnetic lock doors on the front of the Capitol, those are the same kind of doors that you have in high-security prison systems. They don't get breached. They get opened. And on that day, 
they were opened by somebody inside of the Capitol who pushed a button that released the magnetic locks, which allowed the doors to open. Those people need to be investigated. They need to be questioned. And justice needs to be served. I, 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 I saw a video of an officer inside the building, the Capitol, and he went to open up the door, and of course he couldn't. So I saw him walk away from the door and look up the staircase and give somebody a hand signal to open yeah. the doors. And then next thing you knew, they opened, and then they open. You know, they physically put their hand on the door and opened them and motioned people yeah. to come. In. It was almost like they were given yeah. tours at a museum, is what yeah. some of them looked like. Yeah, and if you open the door, that means you're welcome. But I think this is all going to lead to Nancy Pelosi and. Absolutely. I think it was completely organized by her. And the, the, if if anyone, and we've said this on this show multiple times, if anyone has one ounce of street smarts, as soon as you found out that she was uh, she was displaying a little bit of nervousness about uh, something might be happening that day, and then Trump offered up a hundred thousand National Guard, and then she turned it down. That's the yeah. only sign I needed to know that she was behind all this. Absolutely she was. But, you know, I think we give Nancy Pelosi too much credit because I think that she's very old and she's past her prime. And I think that she just kind of walks around like Joe Biden, a place that's easily manipulated. Yeah, I think to really put the blame on where it needs to go, it needs to go on Team Pelosi. It's the people that are around Nancy Pelosi. It's the, it's the snakes. That are the real, I mean, not to say, not to defend Nancy Pelosi. We all know that she's a scumbag. Yeah, she's a but, career criminal. But but it's but it's bigger than Nancy Pelosi. It's it's there's a machine inside there that political establishment. There's and it's both sides of the aisle, partner. I mean, oh god, if yeah. Mention, if we mention Nancy Pelosi, let's not forget Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger because of the 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 the, the obvious points that you made have not been questioned by anybody on that unselect committee. Why aren't they investigating that? Who opened the doors? Why don't they question Ray Epps and dig into him a little bit deeper? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of investigation that needs to take place and I've been in favor of investigation from the beginning of this. When when Trump was trying to shut the the investigation down and stuff, I was sitting on the sidelines going, No, bullcrap. Investigate that day. But don't let them take control of it. Right. We need to investigate it. Why aren't the Republicans putting together their own committee and doing the same thing that the Democrats are? They're all, they're all in on it. Because it's all organized crime. Yep. It doesn't matter. Well, if, if you're a member of the Colombo family or the uh, Genovese family, it's all the same. Yep. Republican, Democrat, yep. they're all in on it. Yep. They're, either, they're either in on it. Or they're, or they're scared and they're running from it. They're getting shot in the back on the way out because they're cowards, you know. If this deal was happening right now in Washington, D.C., and those were Black Lives Matters people that were locked in solitary confinement, you mark my words, AOC and Elizabeth Warren and all those left-wing crackpots, they'd be camped out on the front steps of that, 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 that the detention center, and they would be they would be fighting for the release of those of their people but since it's us it's like oh well you know they deserve it they shouldn't have gone down there you know yeah so um what is your uh what's your current relationship with donald trump are you still in uh speaking terms no i haven't i haven't 
been engaged with him or his platform since probably January the sixth, um, or 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 days prior. Um, you know, I, uh, I I still I still think that he was the greatest president that America's ever had. His first three years in office, his last year in office, I believe that he became he started to become disconnected with the will of the people. I think that whenever he handed Dr. Fauzi the microphone and let Mike Pence put everybody in masks, I think that was a failure. I didn't agree with shutting the country down when he shut the country down. I was very vocal about that. I believe that he knows that I'm very vocal about that. And uh, there's a little bit of dissension possibly, but I'm hoping and praying that uh, we can come back together for the good of the country very soon and do great things. Uh, for the future. Do you think maybe that was because of just what he was, who he was relying on for what he was hoping was truth when the whole COVID I thing? I harder, you know? I mean, I tell you, I, I tell people all the time, I was George W. not too long ago, you know? I mean, I was a W guy. Whenever George W. Bush was in office, I was a big supporter. I thought that he was going to do great things for us out here in the West with our land and access and timber in our forests and using the land and george w did absolutely nothing but hurt us out here he he allowed him to introduce the mexican gray wolf on us and killing all of our livestock um, that came to us through w he put the patriot act in place which has allowed him to spy on us now so i tell people i'm not going to get w again um, i'm going to judge president trump by the actions that he takes the words that he speaks and his position on the issue. And whenever you look at his position on the vaccine and boasting about creating the vaccine mm-hmm. and about how he's got the booster and others should too, uh, that's a huge red flag for me. And I don't care how big of a celebrity he is and how much money he has. Those positions on those issues right now, the way I see the facts are wrong, and I'm going to call him out that they're wrong. You know, And I believe that uh, you know, we should each operate off of our own personal convictions and our own wisdom that God gives us, and each person needs to make their own choice on if they want to continue supporting uh, somebody that 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 is boasting in the vaccine. I don't, I don't get it, y'all. I just don't. Yeah, that, and that's not to say that I'm bashing on the president like the Rolling Stones accused me of, mm-hmm. or turning on the president. It's not. But every elected official should be questioned for every action that they take. I mean, through my office, when I have somebody that comes to me and questions my position on an issue, I appreciate that. It doesn't offend me. And I and I give that person, you know, time to listen to them. And then, you know, then you make your decision. At the end of the day, the vote rests with the person that holds the office. I will, so, I, I will say that that is the one issue with Trump I'm uh, confused about. Well, the theory, yeah. the the big theory is that he knew what the Democrats were up to and that they were going to lock down this country for 10 years and there was going to be suicides and, you know, all the businesses would close. Yeah. So he had to force starving. them along or something? So they so he went ahead and, and bid on the uh, the vaccination as a political move to yeah. prevent them from being able to shut everything down for 10 years and causing all the death and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I've heard... And I've heard that, too. You know, I've heard every explanation of why he did it. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, is we have to consider the president. Right now, today, the moment that we live in. Yeah, who is it, though? President Trump says the vaccines work, get the booster, 
that his influence yeah. is going to carry over to the people that support him, and they're going to go down and get this jab that could cause blood clots and strokes and infertility and all the other the heart issues and all the other uh, dangers that the vaccine poses. So time is of the essence. And President Trump can't wait another day. If he's going to speak the truth, he needs to speak the truth now. The longer he goes, the more destruction it's going to cause and the harder it's going to be for him to back this political vehicle out of the wreck that he's got it in, I think. You know, I mean, Trump's still extremely popular, and he's popular to me. I still support President Trump, but right now Trump is the only one that we really have to hold on to. Right. But God will raise somebody up if Trump doesn't come around, believe me. Yeah, I, I always have to remind myself that the bottom line is God is in control of everything Amen. that's going on. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, God some, is the one that giveth, and God is the one that taketh away. And yeah. if God wanted Trump to be in office right now today, Trump would be in office right now today. So what we have to wonder, well, why would God allow this to happen? And I think my own conclusion is I think that people started kind of building a golden calf, if you will, out of Donald Trump. People started thinking that Trump was going to save him, that Trump was going to deliver him, and you know, the Bible says that God is a jealous God. And God was sitting over, sitting there going, you know, I was the one that was doing it. I chose to use Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Get your eyes off of the man and get it back into the Father through the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think, I think God is, uh, had to show us this to see yeah. how, how evil things really have become. And it's just one big uh, exposition, I guess. God wants yeah. to be wanted, and I, I think he's waiting on all of us to uh, to turn and <laughs> focus on him, you know, and uh, as, I think so too. as we bless him, he's going to bless us. Yeah, man. I just hope we don't have to have a, a wilderness moment because there would no, be nobody better to lead us out into the wilderness than Joe Biden. You know, I mean, he doesn't even know if he's coming or going. So if we want to go astray, if we made it to the wilderness, lead us out into the desert. You know, well, wherever he leads us, we know there's going to be good ice cream waiting for us. <laughs> if 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 he led us into the desert, it wouldn't it wouldn't be something he planned on. <laughs> we would just end up there. You know? All right, wave, Joe. Wave, Joe. Come on, wave, Joe. Remember to wave. <laughs> I know. Did you hear that uh, Zuckerberg came up with a new feature in his metaverse? And it's called a sniff feature, and it's for Joe Biden. So Joe Biden can go into the metaverse, and then he can sniff everybody. That's awesome. When, when, uh, it's just so evil, though. I mean, you yeah. see what's going on, and it's just like... I saw, and Not to just take us off on a metaverse rabbit hole, but you know, this 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 technology stuff, it's all going hand-in-hand, y'all, because I know. Th- this chip and this transhuman stuff, I mean, you know, used to, six even six months ago, I, I remember Lynn Wood is the first one that told me about the transhuman stuff. We were sitting at a table in, Grand, in uh, Missouri somewhere, and Lynn started talking to me about the transhuman stuff, and I was like, come on, man, you know... Really, right? But now it's like I think it's. I mean, you you hear the message coming out of old Carl Schwab or whatever his name is, and all of them. I mean, Claus, yeah, Claus Schwab or whatever. I always call him Carl Carl Schwab. <laughs> uh, you know, but 
but they're all a bunch of losers. And, and, and they're, they're, I think, honestly, they're so disillusioned that they think it's their key to eternal life. Yeah. If they could download themselves into with the computer chip and intertype twine with technology, that it's going to allow them to live forever through a computer. So I don't understand it. But um, who wants to live forever? I, I mean, there's. I just want to God. Yeah. There's, there's certainly something much better than this life. Well, right? what you said about the computer chip and you know going into the yeah. hand and whatnot, I, I said that about a week and a half ago when it all unfolded about this snake venom that's supposedly in the water system. I, I mean, at first I'm like, what? Get out of here! And then I'm like, look how twisted stuff. That's that's very possible. I, I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah, you no, find your you find no. yourself being open to just about. Not open, but, you know, uh, retaining it and thinking about it because there's just lies in every direction. We don't know what the hell's going on. And we've just been so naive for so long. We we put too much confidence in our government thinking, oh, no, they wouldn't do that right. to us. Not just, ju- not just naive, but lazy as well. We've been, we, there's a comfort in this country that is off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, but but we have but we have to give grace as well because it's come through conditioning and programming, and, and we've been under it a long time. Yeah. yeah, but I'll tell you what, we better snap too because the Holocaust wasn't that long ago. And if you really simmer the Holocaust down, whatever the Nazi Jews marched the or whatever the Nazi Germans marched the Jews into the gas chambers, it was under the precept that they were going to take care of their health. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Whenever they were going to delouse them yep. and say. We're going to delouse you. We're going to take care of your health. And those Jews never dreamed that those that their government was going to kill them. Exactly. Okay. And so that wasn't that long ago. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden we have this jab, and they're saying, we're going to take care of your health, everybody. Not mine. I tell people the only way the government's going to get a shot at me is if it comes out the end of a gun. Because they're not going to get a they're not going to get a needle in me. I can promise you that, unless they hold me down to do it. You know. Yeah, I'm the same way, and I, yeah. I feel like if they come at me with a needle, I'm going to come at with them with a with with a weapon too, with something else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to defend yourself. You know, that's why we have our Second Amendment to to keep from happening to us what's happening to the people in China right now. Yeah. As we see the government going around and ripping children out of people's arms, their parents' arms, because there was a COVID positive somewhere in their family tree, and so now they go confiscate all the children, you know? I mean, it's like unbelievable what's going the evil that is being manifested in our world, but as the evil manifests, so does God's glory and God's hope and God's provision. And I see it every day. I see us as getting one day closer to the day of victory. I believe. I believe we're going to have a day of justice, I pray. In the day that I met you a week ago Monday, um, I felt that in that room with the, with the resistance chicks as well as Ohio Brett and all of us getting together. There, there was something in that room that I uh, I know is going to permeate throughout the rest of the country. I think it already is. Um, and uh, something good is, is lurking around the corner. We just have to be drugged through this evil mud first, unfortunately. Uh, it's Coy Griffin. I thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your friendship. And uh, let's stay in touch and, and, and let us know how uh, your court proceedings unfold. And we wish you nothing but the best. Prayers to you, my friend.
I appreciate it. I got June seventeenth will be my sentencing in Washington D.C. Um, and uh, let yeah, let's definitely stay in the loop, and I'll keep you all plugged in. All right, Corey, you take care of yourself. Right. God bless you, Corey. Hey, you Have a great day. God bless you all. God bless your listeners. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you, buddy. It's a good man right there. Good American man. And uh, yeah. should I just hit this switch over here? And uh, what a story. All just because of where he was standing and, and preaching faith. Really? Is that where we are now? He's preaching faith? And he has to be dealt with that? I think it was a numbers game. I think it was a numbers game. They're trying to get as many people as they can as a political prisoner. Uh, I didn't get to ask him. I was just wondering if he, do you know if he was physically uh, hurt by while he was in? Yeah, while he was he in. He didn't mention that. It was just uh, being treated like uh, like a prisoner. Like a prisoner. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but, but some, beyond that. Someone that did something very evil. And yeah. he was on. He was on a, uh, what do you call it, the megaphone. Yeah, Pre- on a megaphone. Preaching, preaching God. <laughs> what? A big threat there, you know. <laughs> I mean, take him, take him down. <laughs> I mean, where are we, man? But Jesus loves you. <laughs> like you said, they shoot him down. It's unbelievable. Now, he had just mentioned China, and uh, you've got an update on Shanghai. Yeah, the city of Shanghai is is just unbelievable. Um, they're actually installing metal barriers. Number one, they they're they're locking all the people into their house. And these are I, I've been to China and I know these high rises where everybody lives. The doors are made of steel and they are so secure you can't budge them. Kind of like the ones at the Capitol that he was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, number one, they're not even allowed out of their house. They're they're out on their balconies with pans and begging, you know, screaming, "We're starving. We need food," but they won't feed them. And uh, and then to make matters worse, they have put up these metal barrier fences around these buildings so that if people do get out of their house, they can't escape the area. And if you think for a minute that the Biden administration, the deep state, and everybody that is running things, if you don't think they have this in our plans, I think you're extremely naive. I think they're just trying to ease us into it, which is why I thank Donald Trump for doing what he did in those four years. Yeah, I thank him too. But, I mean, this whole COVID thing, we always talk about what is it, less than a half a percent chance that you're going to get sick, seriously sick from COVID. What a lame excuse to lock people up in their houses. I mean, I could see if it was a 90% chance of dying, like some major disease. Yeah, I I could see where. But at that point, it's COVID. It's COVID. Bill, where have you been? <laughs> well, that I'm, is the major disease. Yeah, right. Don't you understand the ramifications, Bill? Where have you been? <laughs> I mean, seriously, get this man a, 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 a subscription to something that is newsworthy. But you know, if it was if it was that dangerous, people wouldn't want to go out. You wouldn't need to lock them up. They would stay in on their own because they'd be fearful of, of what's out there. But less than a half a percent of a chance of even getting sick. Do you not? Do I need to repeat myself, Bill? Well, that's what. No, I need to repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) What are you getting? (laughs) 
nothing. I'm breathing, and they're saying I'm sick. I still think it's all a big fear ploy. It is. You it know, is. It's, it's exactly s- that. Scare you half to death, and now they're already saying it's coming back in the fall. Well, oh, oh, oh what really? Else we, what else do we have in the Part fall? Part two? Yeah. Because oh. I'm going to be on board this time even more so than last time you lied to me. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. Oh, Lord, please help us wake up. Lord, you don't need to drag us through all the mud. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're already waist deep. I don't need to go to my eyeballs. I get it. I'm I, almost up to my eyeballs. I see it. We see it. Mm. Yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. And I. Oh, tell me about the, uh, the isn't there semi-trucks of food Yeah, that are I, being hauled to these people, these starving yeah. people, and they're either turning them away? What, what are they doing with the food? Well, basically, uh, there's been, you know, in, in the country of China, people were hearing these stories that be, these folks need food. So they've been donating food, and there's these uh, semis that are, I guess they're semis, going around gathering all this food up and taking it into the Shanghai area where the people are, but they can't get to it because they won't let them out of their house. And the CCP has them behind barbed wires. Behind, yeah, behind these fence barriers. And so after a while, the food goes bad and they take the trucks to the landfill and dump them. Unbelievable. So, again, use your critical thinking. Why are they doing this? There's one answer, one good answer. To kill a large amount of people all at once. It's very comparable to what Coy was talking about with the uh, uh, the concentration camps and, and, and the train rides. Now, no, it's for your health. We're doing this for, for you. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sec- there's a second thought. Twisted. Could it be? Could it be that the people in China are getting fed up with the CCP and the CCP is scared of the people? And so let's put a barrier up around their buildings to keep them in because they're afraid of them. Could that be it? Dude, anything's possible. There's a lot of people in China, and yeah, the CCP, they're a bunch of badasses, but they're not as bad as billions of people. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. 22 million running at you at once. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hope that they Feed stand me! up. I hope they stand up to the CCP. I do. Uh, we're going to go from Shanghai, China, over to Italy, uh, where I guess they're going to begin rationing electricity to support Ukraine starting next month. So apparently you have to drown in sweat during summer or shiver during the winter months to save democracy. Is this like the Green Acre days where, you know, Oliver, Oliver, he'd go and unplug this wire and plug this one in? Did you, you know, have like, to bring up the one TV show I didn't watch? <laughs> oh, you didn't watch that? Yeah, the, well, let's talk about it. No. <laughs> there is one I, of the I twins. <laughs> I just love that. The Petticoat Junction. Did you watch that one? That was the other one I didn't yeah. watch. I always loved those shows. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Southern people. I don't, I don't know what it was. <laughs> and we're 10 minutes away from Kentucky here. Uh, so apparently the plan is being dubbed Operation Thermostat and, and is being hailed as the example for Italians to follow in their own private homes. Uh, Mario Draghi, the Italian uh, prime minister, promoted the campaign by asking, quote, do, you, do we want to have peace or do we want to have air conditioning? I don't know where you live, but air conditioning actually brings me peace. So how come we suddenly can't have both? 
This is like a preview to the new Green Deal. Right. <laughs> You're not in control. No. Green Deal. No like it. See, I just pushed this button. You no like it. We like it a lot. <laughs> Presumably, the price of peace is now a permanent reduction in your quality of life. Um Somebody was quoted as saying, I'm not exactly sure how adjusting your thermostat is going to achieve peace. There's no talk yet of this kind of energy rationing rule extending to private businesses or homes, but a marker has been set down. Uh, Expect other nations to follow suit. How about no? How about no? I'm going to go with no. Uh, Of course, under the Great Reset, regular people like you and I on the globalist plantation are being asked to reduce their living standards while elitists who... And and if you think for a minute they don't have this planned for us in the future... You're just kidding yourself. You're jacked, man. Your head is so far in the sand, and it's time you effing wake up. Quit being so naive. Turn the TV off. Uh, So while they're, you know, wanting us to reduce our living standards, elitists who set the policies are going to continue enjoying their first class travel, the best food available in every imaginable luxury that you can uh, well imagine. The the rules are going to begin May the 1st. So this is next week. This starts May 1st, and they're going to be in place until March 31st of next year. With heating in public buildings during winter not permitted to exceed 19 degrees Celsius... Um, Organize and stand up. The measure, and it, it, no matter what level, even if it's at the school board meeting, stand up. Stand up. Refuse. Do not comply. Casting your votes for local uh, local elections. Stand up. And if you stand up, what are the cowards going to do? They always. It's. Oh, I've said this for years. It's like school uh, bullies. School, They're bullies. School playground bully. Whatever. Mm. You got that third grade bully, right? And he's just a son of a bitch, man. And he's smacking, he's pulling girls with the ponytails and he's beating up people, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly, that, that one day, that little kid who's just had enough, he throws a left hook right in the freaking nose and, and they drops leave him, him alone. And what happens? <laughs> the bully stops. Yeah. Because they're cowards. They are. They're cowards. wimps. They're I call it small penis syndrome. Because you have to make good for your own ineptitude by making people feel you know, by dragging people down. And as soon as you put that person back in their own lane, they stop. Yeah. They're stop. Yep. So this starts May 1st. Uh, It goes through March 31st of next year. The measure does not apply to hospitals, but may eventually be extended to private homes. Angela Massey, a a politician with the Five Star Movement, said um, it's it's correct that the public administration is setting a good example. Cutting waste and raising awareness among citizens about rationalizing consumption. It's a simple way to contribute and reduce dependency on gas. Right there. Dictate. Yeah. Yep. Right there with your saving gas. Yep. But they say it's for Ukraine. The brainwashed masses will fall for their uh, for their schemes. Hook line hook line and sinker. I can't. How can it be for Ukraine? Italy is not Ukraine. How how. how well, Ukraine needs the services, so we're going to do without over here. Do they have like a long extension cord from Italy to Ukraine? They might. Yeah, with the gas-powered, the, like the, the generator I use for my camper. 
Or, or, or None of it even makes any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't even make sense. It's a scam, it's man. It's a scam. They're just getting you to, slowly getting you used to get get used to less. You know that... Uh, that and live like a third world peasant. You know that uh, app on your phone, SoundHound, where you can uh, title, you know, get the names of songs? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, they need to have a bullshit type of app for for bringing that up, you know, anytime anybody talks, the phone would just be just them, yeah, going crazy. Just them, and I can't it says, stop it. You know when you get you know, when you get scam phone calls, your cell phone will even say suspected scam. Right, right. You know, well, it's uh, you, you need an app for that. It's like, I'm sorry, can you talk into my phone? And then you turn it around and look at, it, oh, that's bullshit. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of it. Oh. No, I think, Bill, you're not. I think you can handle a little bit more. <laughs> well, and we're going to pour I, it I on guess, you. I guess God never gives you more than what you can handle, right? right? So apparently... Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm Thank gonna... you for thinking so highly of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I can handle all this. He says, well, do you remember that time you did this? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, Dr. Oz, everybody knows who Dr. Oz is. Wasn't he on Oprah's show? I believe so. Everyone got their start from uh, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, I believe, was on it, too. I think so. Well, I'm I, not a huge buff on the daytime television programming, but well, I'm going if, if to act like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, they well, were tight. If you associate Oprah with anybody, it's like, I don't want to hear about exactly. him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know Oprah? Get out of here. So uh, why was it that Dr. Oz purchased thousands of doses of hydroxychloroquine in March of 2020? Uh, I'm guessing because he knew it worked. Possibly, and maybe, maybe because <laughs> did he, I ruin your punchline? I'm sorry. No, he, he, I think you're right. He knew it worked, and number two, he had a bunch of rich friends uh, that could possibly get sick if if this thing called COVID is real and really does mm-hmm. get you sick. Mm-hmm. Um, in March of 2020, he spent eighty eight hundred dollars on two thousand and seventy tablets of the drug. The purchase came at a time when the TV doctor was heavily promoting the anti-malaria drug as a possible treatment for the deadly virus. His advocacy even reached the White House, which confirmed Trump was taking the drug in May of that year. Oz's campaign confirmed the purchase and said the doctor had been trying to help Columbia University with a study. At the outset of the pandemic, Oz spoke with uh, health experts worldwide who were seeing hydroxychloroquine and what is it, azithromycin is viable treatment options for desperately ill COVID patients. He offered to fund the clinical trial at Columbia University, uh, yada, da, da, da. The campaign said Oz had been prepared to spend 250000 to assist the school, but that offer was rejected, and Oz ended up donating the pills to a hospital, which he refused to name. So he knew. He knew. He knew it worked. You know who's uh, starting to know? Who's that? The World Health Organization is starting to know that we're not buying into their bullshit anymore. (laughs) Uh, They're fearing the sudden drop in vaccine acceptance worldwide, and they have fallen short of their 70% jabbed. And it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look like there's an urge for the unvaxed to join the world of the vaxxed. And I say what John Lennon said. You're going to look at me really strange when I say this. Number nine. No. Number nine. He said. He said, "What a shame, Mary Jane had a pain at the party." So, in other words, 
I don't care. Is that what that means? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Let's back that up for a second. What, I, a sh- what a shame Mary Jane had a pain at the party. Okay. It's like, that's my way of saying. I don't care. I'm very different, you know. Yeah, I, I'm up gathering that? that by the second. <laughs> that means I don't care? It means, it yeah. Mean, what, it sounds like you? Mary Jane got high on something and <laughs> suddenly that pain went away and... <laughs> And someone's in the bathroom. Get out! My transli- translation is, I don't care. You don't care about... What the who knows. Oh, okay. Well, is If that, they figured it out, Do they know anything? Yeah, do they, they know, know anything? They know how to, the, 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 they want to take over the world, and they're a part of well, it. Well, they're definitely a part of it. They're a part of it. One doctor tried to explain the uh, reluctance, saying the reality is that there is a loss of momentum. You think... We're losing momentum. Yeah, people are waking up. If it was legit, there would be no momentum to keep. I guess when you see all these people dying at your feet from from the jab. We're losing the momentum. There's not enough dying. (laughs) Uh, There was a time that uh, people were very desperate to get vaccinated, but the vaccines were not here. And then they realized that without the vaccination, they weren't dying. Despite all the fear-mongering, the reality is that the vaccine data did not show a uh, measurable decrease in fatality rates between the vaxxed and unvaxxed. It, uh, it's already been acknowledged that the jabs do not protect people from getting infected uh, or infecting others. So the BS story shifted in the middle of last year that the jabs would reduce hospitalizations and prevent deaths. And then we realized, oh, that was BS too. Yeah. Uh, the narrative exists today as the final logical reason to get injected with the experimental drug or drugs because there's multiple versions. Uh, but the data doesn't back that claim. Now that the people are starting to realize or now that the people are still starting to realize it, uh, there's a doctor that said uh, the unvaccinated did not die. Moreover, we didn't see the pandemic of the unvaccinated that the Biden regime touted last year as well. This is going to become a, uh, a a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, well, the, the unvaccinated are still the healthy ones. Uh, yep. those, those are the ones out jogging, going about their lives. And then the vaccinated, I believe, uh, are all on their way to the hospital. or Pretty Ill. Not all of them. Yeah. Not all yeah. of them. You know, actually, thankfully, I know people that are vaxxed. Or let me sit back that up again. That got the jab because it's not a vaccination. Nothing's happened to them yet. And I pray to the good Lord above, nothing happens to them. Not just the ones that I know, but the ones you know too. I hope everyone can get through this. But don't tell me, and that leads us to our next story, don't tell me that the vaccinations aren't responsible for killing people. Uh, And the remdesivir, and the the whole procedure. The whole plan. Yeah. Uh, There's a Texas bodybuilder and gym owner. Her name is Stacy Cummings, 31 years of age, passed away last week. The cause of her death is unknown, and news of her sudden passing shocked the bodybuilding community. Uh, Cummings has been bodybuilding, uh, began bodybuilding in 2013, and three years later in 16, she earned her certification, certification 
as an international federation of bodybuilding and fitness professional. She participated in the bikini division in the two, uh, 2021 IFBB Texas Pro and co-owns the Flex Fitness 24-7 Club in McKinney, Texas with her husband, Bryant, a fellow bodybuilder. Uh, let's see. On the day that she died, she was active on Instagram. Just going about her day. Boop. Which is one of the descriptions of the COVID jab, the blood clotting, blood the myocarditis, yeah. the yeah. Uh, the sudden massive heart attacks. Thirty-one years old, unbelievable. Her death is the latest in a string of high-profile early fatalities that has devastated the bodybuilding world in the last year. Cedric McMillan, the 2017 Arnold Classic champion, died of a heart attack while running on a treadmill last week at the age of 44. Just dropped. Tom Prince, a retired bodybuilder, died of cancer at the age of 52. And fi- well, you can't say because it's cancer. If you read what has been leaked, this, the, 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 the information that they had sealed for 75 years, ordered by Pfizer, if you've read what's been leaked... This stuff is speeding up cancer. People that are in remission yeah. for years from cancer, it's not only bringing the cancer back, it's speeding it up like gangbusters. The blood clots, the heart attacks, the myocarditis, the this, the that, the, the bleeding from the eyeballs in that one uh, girl that we were talking yeah. about last week. Yeah. There was another girl that you preceded. She was, uh, mine. the story that I had was 11 years old. I think yours was 13. Something like that. And she was being forced to get it from her elementary school, maybe her middle school by that point, and told her parents that, uh, or told her the child that she would be taking away from her kids. The teachers, I mean, for the, the administration for her, her at, the, at the school said yeah. we would take you away from your parents. So she freaked. Yeah, and went scared. home and begged. Yeah, begged her parents to change her mind. Was dead the next day or within the week? Within a yeah, a short time after she received it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He died of cancer, age of feb- uh, fifty-two in February, just days after Ashley Gearhart, thirty-seven years of age, died of unknown circumstances. There's never anything attached to this. Whenever it's one of these stories, I'm gonna keep saying this. My entire life, whenever somebody has passed away, whether it's in the obituary, uh, not so much the funeral note or the the actual obituary, like those cards that they give you at the funeral home. It's not so much there. But it's usually it's always been attached to the story at some yeah. point what he passed yeah. away from, what she passed away from. Yep. Was it cancer? Was it a car accident? Did they lose a limb? It's always mentioned. But ever since the jab and the upticks in these deaths, suddenly the cause of death is is left these stories. Yeah. Does anyone else see that? It's just suspicious as hell. In November, Vax is never even mentioned, or generally not mentioned. And that's probably why it's not. And then the the reporters probably find out that, oh, she had a vaccination. So sometimes it arrives in some of these stories. If you put that in that paragraph. Mm -hmm. In November, the winner of the 2018 Mr. Olympia competition, Chuck Kirkendall, 46 years of age, stated he had recently suffered a heart attack while in August, 49-year-old star John Meadows died of a blood clot doesn't sound like uh covid jabs at all none you know um while you're on that story 
again, I saw a video the other day of snake venom. And they, you know, they had some taken from the, the snake. And they poured it in a little eyedropper and they put one drop of this venom in a cup. Must have been, I would say, three quarters of a cup, maybe a cup of blood. And within, you know, they stirred it, and within, it was probably 15 seconds, it turned into a mass. And plop. It was a big, huge clot. Like it coagulated? Yeah, coagulated, yeah. Yeah. And that would be going into people's bodies. Wow. Sounds healthy. Well, I mean, another idea, you know, was the, the snake venom itself is what they're injecting into you mm-hmm. through the vaccination and through possibly water supply and uh, remdesivir supposedly has some of it in it. That would, uh, I mean, that goes along with some of the symptoms, right? The blood clotting and... What was I just, I just heard on the news last night. Again, I, I try to stay away from the mainstream news, but I'll be in the other room prepping this show while my wife's in the kitchen cooking because it's 1935 in my house. <laughs> Oh my God! You make you. He, she should make you do it. <laughs> Shut up! That's the way we run our house. You run your house the way you run your house. Stay out of my house. I don't want to go in Plus, your house. Plus, if you were to ask my wife to cook, or if you were to ask my wife if I was to cook dinner, no, you don't cook. <laughs> well, I I I do like cooking. I'm just not allowed to. Oh, and I'm okay with it because she's such yeah she's, she's a such cook. a great cook. Well, see, on the other hand, I've cooked my whole life, and every woman I've ever known says, "What? What's that word? <laughs> What's that word?" <laughs> the last good it's cook called I... laundry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's called. A... I'll cook. You do the laundry. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe I just said it. I'm so chauvinist. <laughs> Chauvinistic. <laughs> I've gotten used to cooking, but as I get older, I don't want to cook anymore. You know, get so, tired. <laughs> there's a lot of things I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. Okay. So, I know somebody that doesn't want to go to parties in Washington D.C. anymore. <laughs> well, everybody, beat that segue, yo. <laughs> yeah. That, well, how smooth. Thank you. So uh, everybody knows. Smooth. Everybody, I think by now knows who Madison Cawthorn is. They should. Uh, he's become a thorn. In the side of I the, like him. the deep state. And, uh, of course, recently he's Good-looking uh, kid, too. Yeah, good-looking kid. Was he, kid. like, 26, maybe? Yeah, very young. He was in the service and, I guess, got injured, and he's he's the guy in the wheelchair uh, that you see all the time on TV. But um, apparently he went to a party and saw some orgy things going on with a lot of the politicians and... Uh, smoking and you know doing drugs. I heard snorting, not smoking, but <laughs> yeah, whatever it was. Uh, criminal activities. Let's just put it that way. Did I say that? from our elected officials? No. Come on, what kind of fabricated story are you reading? <laughs> so they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? So uh, they go and somehow they find this picture of Cawthorn dressed in female lingerie in a public place. I guess he's up. It looked like from the picture, it looked like he was at a podium or something. But uh, they saw him. They go, he is one of us. He's (laughs) (laughs) he's going to fit in great. (laughs) Get him some adrenaclone or crone or whatever (laughs) crap is. (laughs) So uh, 
So they're 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 like trying to find anything they can on this kid to to try to put him back in his place and shut him up. Well, as it turns out, his wife was in the picture with him. And so they, they were, got hammered and they yeah, went and got it, a little was, weird at a party. It was some uh, party that they went to before he was even in Congress. I believe it said seven years before he was in Congress. How many people, when they were kids, you just do stupid things? Twelve year old boys, you dress up like a chick for Halloween. It wasn't looked in our day. It wasn't looked at as weird. It was just like, oh man, you would make an ugly broad. Let's go get some candy, and it never went past that. So how do we know it just wasn't some sort of Halloween party? Yeah, exactly. They say uh, the pictures show Cawthorn looking wasted, dressed in women's underwear. They're calling it. It looks like he's drinking shots. Sound like a Saturday night to me, man. Hey, honey, come here. Let's switch. Yeah, let's get weird tonight. <laughs> no, give me the Crocsless panties this time. Oh, Woo! <laughs> I'm going to D.C. And I think your wife just left the house, and she's on the way up here. <laughs> so Cawthorn responds to the uh, t- to this picture with a tweet of his own. He says, he notes this was a goofy picture while he was on vacation having a good time. He was with his wife at the time, and she's in the picture. Cawthorn alleged in late March that lawmakers invited him to an orgy, snorted, snorted cocaine in front of him. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Majority Whip Steve Scalise met with a 26-year-old rep to discuss the allegations for roughly 30 minutes. Where they, uh, I'm quite sure, I would have loved to have been a, a fly on the wall in that meeting, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just to find out what was really said. Oh man, you can't be doing this. And Cawthorn probably stood right back up to them and said, I'll do what the hell I want. Well, that's what I think. He didn't stand up to them. You know what I mean? Bad bad phrase, bro. Well, well, you know what I mean. (laughs) He looked up and pointed. Yeah. Um, I would have rather have been at the party where the blow is going around. (laughs) All the elected officials, all of our upstanding Americans in D.C., and this big old mirror of cocaine's going around. It gets over to him, and he goes, "No." Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to see, hear in their heads what they're thinking, going. They all said, "Oh no." Oh. <laughs> I thought this young dude was going to be easy to rope in. Yeah. No, we got a hurdle here. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Bring up the Soros button. Get him here now. All right, that's going to do it for us. I want to say thanks again to uh, Coy Griffin. Great dude. Wish him all the best. Absolutely. Prayers being sent to him. Um, I think we covered everything. We did. Freedomringshow.com. We are on, I believe, about 16 different platforms now where you can uh, watch us, hear us. uh, And we're bringing more on as we think of them and as we are accepted. But... You don't have to confuse yourself with, was it Spotify? Is it YouTube? Is it this? Is it that? You just go to freedomringshow.com for the links to all of the platforms you can get the show on and to help fund the show. We appreciate uh, your donation in advance. That is awesome. And again, it's the freedom, I'm sorry, freedomringshow.com. It's not the there. But if you're going to search for us on one of the uh, platforms, you definitely want to search the Freedom Ring. Absolutely. Ready to go? Some of our latest platforms are uh, Deezer, Stitcher. Uh, we made it on TuneIn, and we're also on uh, 
Or we could not confuse him and just say go freedomwayshow.com. Jeez, oh man, follow my lead, bro. Well, no, I'm just saying, uh, because a lot of folks have probably already been to the site. And I'm just kind of letting them know that uh, oh, okay. we're on some new spots. Now. All right. Wow. Did we get in a little disagreement there? I think we did. Are we about to fight when this camera goes off? We might. No, we're going to. Yeah. When the camera goes off. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill you. <ya. laughs> Have a good day.